Hey DER Task Force members, 2022 has been a year of trying new things for our group and they keep getting bigger and more exciting. To that tune, today we have our first ever guest on the pod, Kieran Badraju, founder and CEO of Arcadia. James told me the other day not to say that we're a podcast about energy markets, which is one of our many disagreements. But let's just say if we were a podcast about energy markets, Kieran would be the emerging godfather of owning and influencing the energy markets, all done through the strong tailwinds of clean energy. And also, Kieran is on here to discuss his recently announced big news. Of course, we are not a podcast about just energy markets. We're just a fun group of distributed energy enthusiasts that want to get into the weeds and all things DERS. Join us for another discussion with our host, Colleen Mitalitza, who now works with our other host, Duncan Campbell, at Scale Microgrids. Congrats, Colleen. And, of course, don't forget about James McGinnis of David Energy, who just raised an impressive Series A. Thanks for tuning in. This is going to be a fun one. All right, Kieran, as our guest, you get to you get to guess the quote. Do you know what that was from? We all know it. We actually know. I mean, it's it's definitely Mad Max. That's correct. Yeah. Wow. So you're now in the Thunder Dome. (laughs) You're our first ever guest in the Thunder Dome, and we're we're gonna bring the heat. So we hope you're ready. Um, Been waiting for this. You're, I hope you don't have a PR team. I know you're like a big deal now and stuff, but we this but may that's they all don't gone know I'm now. doing this, guys. Just don't send, just don't send it. <laughs> they have no them. idea. I'm on the dirt ask, of podcast right now. <laughs> yeah, ask for ask for forgiveness, not for permission. Oh my gosh, amazing! So, Kieran, you know, obviously, like everybody knows you, CEO, founder of Arcadia, doing some big things. Um, we want to like get into it, but first we want to like make sure everybody who maybe doesn't know you gets a little bit of an intro. So can you give us, you know, just a brief, what are you doing? And, um, was there a specific moment where you got hooked on DERS? When did I get dirt pilled? Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yes, precisely. Of course. That's actually the correct uh, term. Um, it was definitely, uh, over a decade ago when I was on Capitol Hill, like without a doubt, it was, I can sort of remember this, like um, it was so obvious, like the first time I learned about franchise monopolies, the fact that you couldn't just post up a power plant and like serve your neighborhood um, with solar storage, whatever was coming down the pike, like that, it was early on. It was mostly on the regulatory side of like, learning how these these markets are structured and why you couldn't do certain things it was just like what do you mean what if it could be cheaper what if it could be cleaner like why can't i do those things dirt pilled uh so are, are you, wait are you are you, i we i don't i don't think we've even talked about this are you a franchise rights guy like me or what yeah I, i'm actually surprised we haven't talked about this so um yeah this was i mean going back so i like yeah i worked on capitol hill and i learned that's where i learned about Colleen is like, like, oh God. I know. Uh, Although I don't work at a utility <laughs> anymore, so that's that's my news. I actually work at scale now, but <laughs> nice. 
Oh, that's crossover. new. We're dropping a lot of news hey, today on dropped, this podcast. We just, a lot of news today. Oh, my God. <laughs> that's exciting. Uh, congrats. No, but so anyway, so I, I, I guess what I'm saying is I can I can speak about franchise rights all I want, which but I actually do kind of agree with utilities. Um, so, <laughs> so I wouldn't, you know, that's not even like the utility. Uh, I I believe has a very important place uh, in the market. It's just why shouldn't uh, we be able to uh, interconnect freely into this uh, network that was you know, funded by people paying mm-hmm. into it for a century. That's more of where, where I come from. Is like, of course we need a distribution and a transmission grid, um, right. without a doubt. But uh, should we be able to, like, install whatever we want and me be able to power my neighbors? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, totally. It's figuring out how to optimize that and maybe who should be optimizing the interconnection process because I feel like Oh, but that's, that's the thing. Like, that's, that's the, the question. That's the that's thing the we should question. be doing. We should be figuring out. I think that's actually, there's probably a lot of like startup people, entrepreneurs listening to this pod. I think that is actually one of the biggest opportunities out there is is interconnection engineering for utilities, for the trend, like making that process fast. Because I don't think, you know, in a lot of ways, it's so different utility by utility across the country right now. And I don't think it has, it's there, I, actually, it's not nefarious. And you probably know this clean. We're working at a, at a utility. It's just, it's hard. And there's a lot of engineering work that goes into it. How do we speed that up? How do we make the process faster and more uh, transparent? Those things matter. Totally. And how do you think about like optimizing it? I mean, it should, it should be. Yeah. I mean, I, I mean, Colleen, you probably know better than others, like what that team at the utility that's like focused on it and what they need and it's mostly yeah i mean they problem. need right it's an engineering problem but it's and it's also like an optimization problem of like these five sites are here but like everyone's like pitching sites that like might happen might not and so you have everybody's probability and likelihood of like actually building a project gets inserted in your queue and then a project gets canceled and it changes everything and it cascades down and you have to like restart all the analysis and a lot of the analysis is still manual at a lot of utilities well, guess what, guys? There's regulators that <laughs> can like create rules for this yeah, and processes. Wow. That's and, a novel you know. concept. Yeah. Wow, we're um, right into it. We're um, right into it. We got into it, but Duncan, no, yeah. Duncan should ask because you wrote that question. It's a good follow-up question. It's a good segue. Oh yeah, so we we have a we have a yeah we have a few other just like fun get to know you questions. Um, as a kid, how huge of a nerd were you? Nerds are in. So, yeah, I. Uh, Actually, I wasn't um, like I grew up a brown kid in Kentucky. Like I had to like I had to like fit in, right? So nerding out on Magic the Gathering was like not my thing. <laughs> I played basketball. Like I I really tried hard. You were like I was a closeted too. nerd. I oh, was totally. Not- but you're yeah. a policy guy, so you're a smooth talker from day one. I I um it it definitely I feel like I became more of a nerd like. In college, if that sound that sounds weird to most people listening, but that was definitely no. I true. think that's true. That's true of me too. Yeah, yeah. I got nerdy, and then I did a master's program. I got even nerdier. Oh yeah, yeah. I think I'm still getting too. nerdier. Like, yeah, <laughs> of course. With yeah. Age. I was always yeah. a nerd, so it never it never changed for me. <laughs> <laughs> All right, then last one we've got. Uh, last little intro fun question: What's your favorite dir? Well, that's a good one. And I know you love um, them all equally. Like I think children, I know the answer. But yeah. I'm going to go with something novel here. Um, 
you know, I have been really into uh, this is not a dur yet, Ooh. but I do believe uh, induction stoves uh, will be durs. Dude, <laughs> like literally future. like turn people's Whoa. stoves off. So or is it more about turning them on? I don't know. <laughs> That's brilliant, Colleen. So the it, it, so I I think there's multiple <laughs> ways to play this. I think in, so. Here's here's the whole deal. And actually, I should take a little bit of credit for this. I I spoke to a founder who's working on some awesome project. But at the end of the day, like, what is the easiest dirt to install, or what's going to be the 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 sexiest dirt? And like, maybe it was the th- the smart thermostat, you know. But like, switching out your stove. And for something that's better than gas, frankly, if you guys ever use induction stoves, they're they're dope. Like that's the that's the entry point. You're gonna get fancy chefs like backing this. Put a little battery on it, and it's like a 220 volt oh, upgrade wow. for most homes. Like there's there's a lot in the induction stove, both wow. on the marketing and like getting it into homes, and then both managing it because it's gonna need an upgrade for the panel. What and induction sick, battery? Know, What's, wow, was that's sick. That. What's the blip, blip or whatever, Duncan? What's that battery company you love that you like? You plug it into the wall and then it's like a battery in between your load and the wall. Oh yeah, it's like plug plug and play battery. So you like stick it in between your like air conditioner and the. So outlet. instead of like a smart plug, it's like a battery you can just like insert in any. And you like don't need an interconnection. There's no permitting. It's pretty exciting. Yes. Exactly right. So all these DER That's companies so are like FERC two 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 two. I'm so excited. <laughs> I can't wait to like bid my dirt into these wholesale markets. And it's like whoa 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 whoa. For the next like decade, maybe two, it is dirt to home arbitrage. Like that is yeah. to me well, that and the- time of use distribution, you know, time of use rate arbitrage. Like that is where the value is, I think. Everyone was talking about vehicle vehicle to grid and then the Ford F one fifty lightning dropped. I was like, yes. Oh my god, like vehicle to home like that's so much mm. why like Yeah, I'm like, like in 10 this days. game. Like I like why did I not at, like I've never heard that. I, I mean maybe I I'm an idiot, but I was like so totally back to induction everything. stoves. Yeah. Wait, on induction stoves, imagine you boil some water, you drop your pasta in, and then you get a notification from Arcadia that says, what about cooking it al dente this time? <laughs> and that's the peak shaving Arcadia, right there. What do you mean Arcadia, bro? What are you talking about? Can we talk about the future of Arcadia you, where we enable David Energy uh, yeah. to, to do <laughs> yeah, this? Yeah, uh, the David Energy app sorry, that's running yeah. on Arc, I think. Is, exactly. that, is that how it works? Yeah. We haven't even gotten to the we haven't even gotten to the juicy gossip. I love it. Uh, but just no, the pipes, that's, man. We're gonna take Duncan, all that's the right. You're exactly right. Just like that's that's the future. You're a plumber, Kieran. <laughs> plumbing utility data. All right. Before we get into that fun stuff, James, you've got a couple things. No, 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 wait. If you don't have a battery in the stove, would you consider the stove a, a dirt? I think so. I think, Solar kind of um, is, but it generates. I haven't thought of like a non-controllable load as a dirt, but that is electrified load. Well, it's still so schedulable. It's kind of, I don't know. It's a gray area. If you're doing a long braise in your oven, it's like six hours. You just kind of ramp it down a little, <laughs> yeah, bring it back I mean- up. But you don't no, you can't you can't do These that. These are the questions. You're that gonna matter. ruin the meat. You're gonna ruin the meat. <laughs> the, you can't, the brisket. Like, 
<laughs> the brisket needs a very, very precise temperature. Oh, man. You guys are really poking a serious hole in my favorite but, here. No, but, I, okay, but I made a joke about the turning it on, but I, but I did mean that. Like, when you think about, like, her tail, I don't know, like, maybe... Maybe you do need to like boil pasta for 10 minutes and you like leave your pasta in water when you leave. And then it just like you're like, I, when I come home, I want my pasta to be done. I don't know. Maybe there's something there. Sort of like your dishwasher. I don't know. I always think of dishwashers as being like a good. Yeah. Like, like laundry instead machines of curtailing. Well. Yeah. It's just yeah. like. Dryer. Like, right. Just like let let's it get, go. But I don't want to put wet clothes. I don't want to put wet clothes in my dryer and be like, wait, like there's a. Dishwashers, dishwashers are like really good. I I'm like long dishwashers yeah. on the dur on the dur load. It's like I just yeah. need it done. That one feels easy. Yeah. By like this time and, and right. all of this gets period, solved by small care. batteries tied to the devices, right? Yeah, that too. Because mm. then you don't but, have to okay. like yeah. get the al dente pasta. <laughs> the battery can <laughs> can run it. Fair enough. Um. Okay, so we have we're gonna move this along. Uh, we're dirt dreaming, guys. This we're dirt dreaming. <laughs> dirt dreaming. Um, okay, so we're gonna continue to allude at at the juicy gossip that's that's coming. But before we get there, everyone's gonna have to hang tight. Um, a lot of people. It's funny we we were doing some ba- we were doing some background research on you for this. We wanted to come prepared, um, and we we learned a lot about you. We're not gonna rehash that stuff. Just like you know, the what it takes is probably go listen to that or something. But I didn't know you wrote a book. You're also on the board of a indoor farming company. Oh, you got the hat on. Oh, nice, perfect. You also. Most people probably don't know this. You are a prolific angel investor in the energy space. <laughs> I, I, Kieran is the godfather of of clean energy tech companies. We gotta, we we got we need the people to know that that you're, you know, you're just sitting from your throne in Arcadia writing checks and all these, you know, <laughs> companies <laughs> helping us all out. Definitely helped us <laughs> out. And wait, last one, the the politics. So you're a bit of a you know, you come from a political background, bit of a I'm renaissance a maverick man. over here. Yeah. Yeah. So. Life's too I'm... short, guys. <laughs> yeah, keep going. What else, What did we miss? No, that's it. I mean, uh, sorry, finish your thought, James. So I'm curious, like, what are you doing when you're 50? Like, does all this, like, converge somehow? Or are you just going to, like, also, like, paint and, you know, do <laughs> some other, be like a professional, like, Frisbee player at that time as well? Like, that would be cool. Uh, um, yeah, I think life, life has phases, man. I get, I get excited by things and like the book was a great example. Like, uh, and I dive in, right. I, that in some ways that was like a startup. That was my first startup. Um, uh, yeah, look, I think what's interesting about energy and you guys hit this on your last podcast, it is so deeply intertwined into geopolitics, frankly, the economy, and like what we were just talking about, how you live your life in your home, right? And your comfort. And like, so, uh, you know, the, there, there's so much to unpack in the work that we're doing. And it's literally the biggest market in the economy, decarbonization, right? Period. And so uh, I try to keep my hands in a lot of things. I will say the, on the, on the investing side, look, I write very, very small checks. But what's great about being a founder uh, is like I hear about all the amazing companies that are coming 
uh, coming out, right? James, you're you're being you're a good example of that. Uh, and so yeah, we'll see, stupid. I guess. It would, uh, well, we're going to talk about your raise in a minute. Um, it would be stupid not to like if I have like better deal flow than my VCs. Why would I say no to that? <laughs> right? Proprietary yeah. deal flow. Yeah, <laughs> it's true. Yeah, I mean, but it's true. It's uh, you I know, haven't like, seen a good company you're not in. Every time, I'm like, oh, the company's sick. It's like Kieran invested in it. It's like, of course. And like you know, my my VCs ask me for deal flow. <laughs> but no, I think that's like, that's like, you know, you see this, you're look, I'm not like running a fund, right? Like, I mean, James, you know, this, I, I like send you like, you know, flex and, and rocket ship emojis like once a quarter, like I'm not yeah, involved. The, I've got a lot going up, man. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's all I need. Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, and like, I'm happy to help on like founder stuff, but like, uh, yeah, the way I see it is like, you know, biggest biggest market opportunity of like the next 50 years next 100 years why would i not write the tiniest checks into these companies that yeah. are making it happen yeah well it's appreciated you know i don't think a lot of people know that so um but do you i don't know i am curious like uh, probably i don't know like you could just say i'll be running arcadia in when I'm 55, but like, do you have a long, like, do you, could you see yourself in politics or as a, as a, a full-time investor or anything like that? You did I don't say, think I, I don't think I'd ever be an investor. Um, like full-time investor. I just, this is like too much fun. So like, yeah, I look, I, I do believe Arcadia is like, if we do this right, if we execute right, it should be like a generational, hopefully an iconic company. Um, yeah, but, you know, so, so like right now that's the plan, um, yeah. is hopefully run this company for as long as they'll have me at this point. That's a good segue, man. Can you, you, can you give us the news? So actually like two days ago, they announced you raised $200 million at a, uh, excuse me, one and a half billion dollar valuation. That's a clean energy Woo. unicorn right there. Um, Woo. Woo. uh, no one knows yet why you raised the money. Except, and that's what we're going to talk about today. So we're recording this before that news comes out, just to get the timelines right here. But can you can you tell us like what you're actually the the master plan you have uh, in play right now? Yeah. So so um, if we're if we're doing dur pills today, we should talk about like <laughs> the ultimate red pill that everyone in Arcadia knows is uh, you're not going to see a proliferation of DERs without without meter level data. Um, and you know, we've been, we, we launched the arc platform last year, um, just seen amazing growth from companies across different verticals, EV, smart home, retail energy. Um, and, but what we were missing is we were mostly North America, mostly residential. Um, and this is a, this is like incredibly tough problem, right? Every utility is different, radically different. <clears throat> and so there we are, so we raised 200 million had the balance sheet, but also to acquire uh, Urgenet, a 12-year-old company that's been working on this issue well before Arcadia was around, that is focused on commercial customers globally. So they cover, we cover something like 200 utilities. Urgenet actually has coverage across 9,500 utilities globally, like oh, in maybe. 52 different wow. countries. Uh, and is actually in terms of the customer base that they've been building over the last decade, 
they've been pulling data for almost 29% of the entire Fortune 500. And so when you think about the combined companies will have millions of connected utility accounts around the world uh, and over 80 gigawatt hours of sort of data, right? Um, of demand side data uh, that we're pulling. So it's yeah, an amazing- I, I'm ashamed, it's I'm so ashamed to say this, but I didn't even know who Urgenet was. And I work in yeah. Well, he was energy. like, "What? How do you say that?" Urge what? Yeah. Um, that's so. It's so interesting that there's this like huge player. Yeah. They. Um, so they've been around for you know twelve, fourteen years. Um, you know, a lot of the initial use cases were not necessarily purely energy and energy management. It was a lot more of like managing costs, right? Managing. So if I'm. Um, uh, for example, a big cable company or, or UPS, I've got, you know, hundred thousands of locations and, and my finance team needs a way to aggregate all those costs, understand them, benchmark them. Um, and obviously over time, they've been, you know, more and more energy service companies. Frankly, you guys uh, would be surprised. Frankly, almost every single prop tech company uh, uses Urgenet to pull data. Um, and so they've they've just been this amazing backbone for so many different companies over the years, but much more behind the scenes, right? They are a an infrastructure tool for other companies to run their businesses on top of, um, and it's just an incredibly exciting. The team, like there are very few people in this world that have been working on this like very unique problem. That is, how do we make Florida Power and Light? And Louisville Gas and Electric and Mid American Data look the same and standardized, so that we can like you know give it to a third party to use for their business, right? It is just such a like there are only two teams in the world that have been like geeking out over this problem, and so that's what makes me like so excited to bring it together because we'll have we'll be able to serve every single customer type in the world, right? Residential, small business, commercial, uh, and again across fifty two countries. Uh, can you t can you talk about what that the service offering looks like like compared to you know the the main kind of arc feature right now is like paying i mean i don't know it even it makes sense to like I, we were going to ask this later but like actually kind of walking through the trajectory to here like the way i see it yeah like you guys wanted to intercept the bill and so you built this like crazy platform where you actually like took over people's utility accounts and like could issue the bill to them so you could do all these other things from there but you started like kind of vertical in that like you would go buy racks, like the community solar stuff came later. Um, and then at some point you were like, this system is insane. Like the ability to like intercept the bill. And so you started white labeling that to other companies like ours. Um, and so that was only like a year ago or something that you rolled out arc, if that. And now like putting this piece on top of it, like how do those, like how do those pieces like fit together? Like what is, you know, are you going to be doing like the NLX NG like billing for enterprise? Like are people going to be paying like with their a thousand Verizon wireless locations, whatever, paying the bill through you guys in Urgenet or like what, you know, what is the, or is it more like auditing and stuff like that? Like what are the actual like suite of services you think you can roll out from here? Let me, let me actually, in answering that question, let me go way back. Um, yeah, there's like seven questions in there. Honestly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I, and I'm going to attempt to answer them all, uh, sequentially. Okay. So if we go way <laughs> back, um, and this is, uh, 
Yeah, <laughs> more, more dirt pills. Just gonna love the fact that yes. you say that all the time, James. Uh, so, <laughs> so at my last company, we were we were uh, making buildings more efficient um, and selling selling the uh, efficiency savings on capacity markets, um, and and sort of the, like the pain of running that business, data payments. It became so plainfully obvious that all the DER companies broadly, any company that wanted to own energy was not just going to need data, but they were going to need payments. They were going to want to own the payments because you can do unique things that we've talked about before, flat bill, unique yeah. structures, et cetera. Yeah. Uh, and they're going to want to connect to clean energy and they're going to want these services. So the original idea for Arcadia, which is what it is today, if we go way back eight years, um, this is kind of special for me because I spent some time looking at Ecova, looking at Urgenet, studying their businesses. The original idea was, can we unbundle the different parts of the distribution utility that connect with the consumer? So that is the payments, the data, the rates and tariffs, and obviously the generation that they can choose. And that was that was the concept. It was this platform. And that was eight years. Nobody was going was. A, nobody wanted to buy that, right? This is the this is like a lot of founders go through this, and um, uh, like there were no there were very few DER companies uh, eight years ago. I mean, it's hard to to remember, but like Tesla had I think just the Model S just came out, and like Nest thermostats uh, were like you know they had just sold, but uh, it wasn't as prevalent as today, like. It was just so new and like companies didn't even know like the innovation that they could unlock if they had these tools. Like I remember having conversations with like um, like a rooftop solar company. I was like, you could do a single bill. You could like do whole new rate structures. And like they didn't get it. And even eight years later, like, you know, we're still sort of ginning up like, hey, here's all the amazing things you can do with this platform. So we had to, in effect, go direct to consumer to sort of prove that customers would enjoy this new experience and that you could do some really innovative shit if you had these tools. And so for the whole eight years, we were building uh, these microservices internally in the company that is pull data out of utilities, manage the payments, disintermediate, pay, pay out the utilities. Um, but it really was more of a story of like, that was the original idea of the company. The market was not ready at all. We went direct to consumer. We had to sort of prove to people that it was new and unique if you could build a business on it. And now what's so exciting is we're back to uh, sort of the, the thing I had envisioned um, that is, again, unlocking a lot of the tools of the distribution utility for third parties and and pulling in Urgenet, which even, you know, eight years ago when I looked at it, was like, wow, they're doing the thing. Like they're doing it. They're doing it at scale and they've done it even more scale since. So it's, it's uh, I think I answer most of your questions there, but that is like, like, it was always sort of the idea. That's um, wild. Now, I didn't even know that. That's awesome. Did you like forget at some point? Oh, of course. Because you just get so into <laughs> like, like guys, I'm a direct to consumer business. Yeah. We're going to be, you yeah. know, and then, and uh, yeah, like it's funny. I go back and look at like stuff I put together in like 2013, 2014, like ideating on this. And it was, it was like more similar to the website you see today, which is, data, that's rates so and tariffs, billing. Yeah. So, uh, it's, it, that's been a fun journey, but I got to say like, uh, it's easy to talk about that now, 
but there were many periods where I was like, oh, we're going to be like, you know, like all these D2C brands, you know, like we're going to be this new energy D2C brand. And like it took time and seeing companies like yours, James, and like so many other DER companies where it's like, okay, people are coming to us now asking us how we're doing the things we're doing. Like that's the validation to yeah. actually expose these tools to people. I actually remember the first time we met, we joked about merging. Like, and I would, I would continually joke, like, dude, you could just buy us. Like, and we just do the whole vertical, like retailer thing with owning the bill. Like, but I think it worked idea. out. You, you guys went hard. <laughs> we get to, huh? I was saying at the end of the day, I was like, where is this podcast going guys? <laughs> no, I, I mean, it, it's cool though. Like, cause I think, I think it, it, it makes a ton of sense. Like when you actually think about the progression, um, like, I, I don't know, there's probably people out there who like you know they see like the progression happening and like don't get it but it like it makes a ton of sense yeah and look i think i think that's that's actually uh, a thing for us is like we have been this i like to think we made a mark on like you know look utilities know who we are like a lot of people have signed up for the service like uh we made a mark as a as a direct consumer company but the opportunity is so much bigger to be the infrastructure for thousands of companies to attempt to do the same thing own the customer, manage payments, you know, create new new um, products. Uh, and it's been a little bit of a struggle, actually. Like a lot of companies approach us and are like, uh, you know, um, we, we have we have to like own this identity more of a platform. Um, but uh, it, it's an amazing like I will say there there's so many examples that um, you, you actually see like Amazon sold books. They now sell infrastructure. Uh, even Instacart more recently, uh, you know, they would, they sell, they have Instacart platform, right. Allowing, so the, this is a, uh, it's actually like a very tried and true, uh, sort of tech journey. Um, you, you build a product for a consumer and then you realize, oh, the infrastructure like was really important. And now I'm going to, I'm going <laughs> to offer that to everyone else. So, yeah. right. And uh, that's what took like forever to build. You're like, totally. yeah. yeah. So when people tell us like, uh, I love this, I get this from investors a lot is like, Oh, well, anyone could just build that. <laughs> you know, it's like, okay. Like, look what, Urge, you know, when you look at what Urgenet did, and I just am in awe of this company and the team because they were, uh, and James, this is going to answer maybe your last question. They were so focused on breadth, right? They went wide on data and electric gas utilities, even water and waste utilities in some places, like they went wide. Um, and, and that's like a, in and of itself a unique problem because the data model you have to build to make sure a kilowatt hour is a kilowatt hour is a kilowatt hour across a thousand utilities is actually a very complex problem. Um, but they didn't execute payments, right? They, so they've sourced billions of utility of utility bill, but they've never executed a payment, um, um, and that's oh, wow. okay. Their strategy was just breath. Uh, they you know have never sort of cross sold clean energy. Yeah. Um, and so anyway, incredibly valuable asset and company and the people there have, again, like they've been derpilled now uh, coming into Arcadia and it's just That's an good. incredible, incredible team we're pulling together. Yeah. it's awesome. That's so awesome. So how, cause I, in doing my research on Urgenet, um, saw that they also like thought a lot about energy bills as like an identity factor and so like thinking about how you can like prove your identity and maybe use that in like the financial world if you don't have good credit ratings and things like that or 
do you do you see that coming into like the arc platform yes so um i think this is actually one of the more interesting things that they do uh so when you think about the utility account like what's in it uh there's historical data there's uh oftentimes there's smart meter there's there's real-time data there's payment history and on-time payment history and that is incredibly important. So a lot of people ask us, like, how do you get people to do no FICO, no uh, contract community solar? And it's like, well, we have data that shows customers paid their bill on time. And in fact, that is a better indicator than this incredibly regressive FICO score of will that customer <laughs> pay their next bill? And so yeah. now we were doing that for our community solar product. They were actually, Urgent, I was productizing like the data in this account the on-time payment rates, you know, how much was the bill uh, to feed to the credit bureaus to increase your score. And it makes a ton of sense. Like everyone pays this bill. We joke at the office, it's death taxes, power bills. Like people pay, <laughs> you know, that's like, it's an amazing uh, source of data to increase your, increase your FICO score. Or I think what's even, you know, more interesting for the ESCO market and for, for Duncan, the stuff you guys do is like, can you use that data to help rate unrate unrated credits? Um, I was just in, thinking in that. Businesses. Yeah. 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 Tw- 15 years of on-time power bills is probably more important than like some shadow rating that kind of doesn't mean anything. Yeah, it, exactly. Especially um, for the work you're doing, which is installing, you know, power, <laughs> right? Uh, yeah. And so, yeah, the identity stuff is super cool. And it's just another example um, and I say this to utility executives when I talk to them, it's like they have so they have the most incredible data platform running a distribution utility. Um, let us help you unlock <laughs> the value of this amazing data platform that you have. I think um, when I first, I've learned about Arcadia before I met you. And obviously because like we had our own, our own thing of like being the retailer and like whatever. And you guys were calling yourself like a digital utility. And I was like, this is bullshit. Like they're not even buying power, like <laughs> kind of like ragging on it a bit, but obviously self-conscious cause like terrified that our idea sucked or something. Um, <laughs> and, and it even took me like after like, you know, getting to know you, like understanding like how powerful, cause I, I mean, even coming, I came from the, the Dur space, right? Like I didn't even really fully understand like retail and billing. And like, as we started building this, building this stuff out, um, it's that the whole complex of like retailers literally call customers load. Like most of them don't even bill their customers. You know what I mean? Which is like an insane idea. Like they, they like they sign a contract, commodity contract with this customer, usually through a broker and then the utility bills them for them. And so there's like literally zero relationship with the customer, even though they're supposed to be like the, you know, energy services company or whatever, like that will be what it's called in New York. And so talking through like something we've started to see is um, this is just like the one-on-one here. Cause I know some people probably don't like aren't in the space as deep, but utility consolidated billing, like us, the retailer will send our rate to the utility and they send one bill to the customer with delivery and supply charges collected and then pay us dual billing. We send a bill for supply utility sends the bill for delivery, two bills to the customer. Now, if you're like, a, a company with like 50 locations in 20 different states, you're getting like 40 bills a month from like, cause you're doubling them. 
Um, what you're letting us unlock is like really, I mean, you know, your customer base, I, like, but we, we have to be one of the first doing like actual supplier consolidated billing. The only place that exists right now is Texas where like we through Arcadia intercept the bill, build a customer, collect the money, and then we'll pay the utility like through the Arcadia platform. So it sounds like trivial, but then you get into things like I've talked to people that in California, for example, they like have a CCA that's one bill, which is like, um, uh, you know, basically a retailer kind of. It's like a retailer with a monopoly on being a retailer. Right. Yeah. yeah that's that's, yeah, that's right. so even doper. Yeah. Um, they, uh, they, uh, they have like rooftop solar and maybe like Sonova or something. I don't know. I was like f- billing them for the financing charges. Um, their net load, maybe they even have like community solar. So like maybe they're even like using Arcadia and then they may also have like Ohm connect for demand response. So there may literally be four, if not like five different billing counterparties. And people wonder like why DERs are still nascent in like small commercial and resi or whatever. It's like the bill is literally the thing that like t- ties all of this together. Thank you and- for remembering that many passwords gives me so much anxiety. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think what you're describing, James, is like uh, you said it, it. It might sound um, small, but it's it is literally the relationship with the customer. Yeah. Because I mean, when you think about like, I mean, we all say this. It sounds trite, but if you look at your utility bill, it's impossible to understand. It does put customers to sleep in a sense, right? Totally. Um, and you know, I joke that like I think the smart speaker thing was like trying to be the spear, the entry point to whole home management. Um, but in reality, uh, like what you're doing and like owning the bill, like you actually have insight into the home, uh, into the load profile of the home to then move into all of the other sort of interesting. Yeah, what the EV is doing. Profile. Like how much yeah. did you spend on your EV? Like you can start putting all sorts of stuff on the bill that like people are like, oh, like that's that's interesting. You know what I mean? Like yeah, I think it, it is like the point that you. But it's actually, um, I think I think this is, uh, let me put it a, a little bit differently. Like it's almost like we've transcended uh, the actual electron like experience. Like you turn on the lights, the lights turn on because the power, at least up until somewhat recently, is very reliable in America. Um but the the experience and the relationship the customer actually thinks about is the bill, and yeah. uh, in 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 the in what you just described, it's like oh if I get multiple bills like um, like the content so so if you think about like corollaries or analogies like I have like five streaming services right um, but they all deliver different content and so I think about them based on the content like I like my kids can watch Disney Plus or like. I'm watching Netflix or HBO, like the content is like more meaningful to me, not the bill, not the email I get every month that says 20 bucks for, right. for Netflix. Right. But that's in energy. If you think about the consumer, it's like the bill because we've sort of transcended. The bill is how much energy I used. It's like the lights are going to turn on. Of course, they're going to turn on. Right. And, and so what's interesting about DERs is you're also like crossing uh, that sort of understanding with the customer that like. Uh, like an EV charger or like my, my uh, you guys can see it behind me, but like my water heater switch, like, I don't know, it's a little more active. It's like something else I have to like think about and manage. And like, there's, there's something there. And similarly to like, there's content that I'm thinking about the induction. stove is like a whole new way to cook. Like that's interesting. Uh, anyway. So. Yeah. And a lot of that will get described like through the bill, you know? Um, yeah. 
where it's like the reverse almost, but, um, I actually, so I think the, the, when you, when we, when I think about my company and like the platform data is like core, it's like the thing to me, it's the thing that like, I feel like we see something that like, even, even those have been dirt pilled, like don't fully get yet. That is like the, the energy usage and the rate structures, like that's the next 20, 30 years of like value endures. Yeah. Um, but the next thing is like payments, payments and managing payments uh, and managing that relationship is like huge opportunity. Um, and you guys maybe see this is because you follow startups like companies like Ramp and Brex that do B2B payments. Yeah. You're kind of like, why are they growing so fast? Because payments is like managing payments is a huge, huge industry. Yeah. Huge market. And huge pain so point. On the uh, like and um as far as like how you know kind of going back to the one the one piece we didn't really get at like how arcadia and and um urgenet converge and then even you guys bought genability too which like um can you talk about like how you see those things coming together like when you talk about those fortune 500 companies or whatever um like, do you want to get into like managing the, the payments as well? Not just like the data and reporting and stuff that, that Urgenet is doing. Obviously you don't have to say anything like that, what <laughs> you're not supposed to say, yeah. but it would be cool to like see where, you know, where you think this, this, this goes and from that perspective. Yeah. So again, the, the ARC platform, you think about it as like four components um, and you know, we were this direct-to-consumer company. We still are with Community Solar, but um, you know, launched. You know, the idea of acquiring Genability and Urgenet was to go after the the platform opportunity as fast as possible. But um, data, so data at you know, pulling data out of the meter level. So Urgenet fits very nicely into what we call Plug, uh, which is you know, uh, residential commercial data from the meter. Genability is uh, part of Spark, which is your your rate structures, your tariff structures around the country. We have like over two hundred thousand different rate structures, and we'll expand that globally. That's hugely important for DERs, right? Um, uh, until FERC two 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 goes into place, and then uh, Bundle uh, is is what we call our payment suite. So this is being able to own the payment stream. We actually do have relationships with utilities where we do pretty seamless payouts. Um, I won't get into the details there, but it's 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 really dope, and we we manage you know uh, hundreds of millions of of payments today, um, and it's very seamless. So so it's like an automated sort of system where we can charge customers payout, and in the case of Community Solar, where we're actually splitting payments to like tax equity, debt, sponsor, utility. And sort of the fourth sort of big component is we call source. Um, and there's still some work to do here, but the idea is a single API that abstracts um, different ways to buy clean energy, um, which is very different depending on where you live, right? It could be community solar, it could be an REC, it could be a retail plan, uh, it could be a VPPA in the future, right? Um, so th those are sort of the four components. Um, and yeah, to, to be able to give any uh, enter, any DER business, any services business, any any business that wants to get into sustainability, like the ability to get the data, manage payments, connect to clean energy, um, and just to run you through some examples, like um, you know, we have rooftop solar companies that used to ask people to print PDFs, 
uh, of their power bills, right? <laughs> Biggest drop off point in their funnel. Seems so obvious in retrospect. Shocking. It's like, Shocking. I, yeah. I, my first job, I would get faxed utility bills and have to enter them manually into Excel to do billing. Analysis. This still happens oh, to us God. sometimes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, this is very real problem. Like it's, it's wild. Uh, you know, um, uh, we have a battery uh, company that's using our tariff engine to understand do I, can I switch the time of use rate to better optimize when I'm discharging? Um, uh, you know, we have a multifamily uh, building manager that wants to do tenant billing. Um, and James, I think I've talked to you a bit about this, but like the ability to like yeah. manage bills for multiple. I think one of the most interesting use cases is around carbon accounting. So a lot of these like ESG carbon accounting companies that have popped up, they're all a little bit hand wavy. They're kind of like, you know, 12 Main Street. We believe you use X amount of energy because we got this fancy model under the hood. And what we can do now is actually tell the accountant what is the real kilowatt hour in therm usage and map it to whatever watt time, e-grid, whatever they want to use uh, to actually say, okay, 12 Main Street actually used X amount of uh, energy during these carbon intensive moments. Uh, and that, that actually, I am actually surprised by how big that, that market is going to be. Um, yeah. Isn't that the case? Yeah. That all these, all these carboning account, carbon accounting companies don't actually use hourly emissions factors. It's just a sort of like broad, uh, the grid emits this much kind of thing. Yeah. I think they're all, um, Short answer is yes. Like they they need they need more. It's like they're trying their best. Okay. Yeah, uh, and like that's but the evolution. We'll make it better. Yeah, exactly. Uh, they all should be using Arc. But the, I mean, I think that's exactly right. Like in a lot of ways, this is still a very hard physics problem to understand. Um, we don't have to get in this debate here, but like you know, what is the marginal emissions uh, in a zip code? Um, but, uh, yeah, I think, I think it's pretty rudimentary Duncan right now. And like, we can give it some real teeth. So I'm just, obviously I'm like super in the weed. I don't, I'm trying not to hog this, but, um, Get in super there. in the weeds of like a lot of these problems, two big ones that were, are driving us nuts right now. Um, well, I'll say, yeah, one, one big one. And then I like a question on like where, where else you guys could go with this. Um, one is like utilities are starting to offer like their own data APIs. Right. And so we're doing like, you know, it's the Con Ed share my data program. They say it's real time, but it's actually a two hour delay. Um, and we actually annoyingly like, and this is probably something we're going to try and like fight for, for a while is the Con Ed meters are Zigbee meters. So we could install a $99 device and we're going out and installing a bunch of smart thermostats in small commercial locations. So we could easily just drop a device and just like connect real-time data, utility grade straight from the meter. Um, even though it's read only, the utility's position is like, this is like, you know, it's a cybersecurity threat. It's like, <laughs> you could hack into the network. If you hack this, it's like totally insane. Um, Mission Data, Michael at Mission Data has overturned that opinion like in multiple states, but New York like won't let it go. So um, we like, 
basically we have to rely on whatever the utility will give us. And then Con Ed's like actually funny enough. I mean, I don't know about other states, but like pretty good. Yeah. Like as far as like, oh, it's a two hour delay, but that means we can't do like real time demand charge management because we don't know what peaks are actually happening. You'd have to do it off like a forecast instead of real time. So it's like actually problematic for the customer. Um, could you see like what we would obviously love, we're already hooked into Arcadia is like, you know, you guys have all these relationships with utilities. Like, is there a way to one, like enable their share my data infrastructure to be better or two, even just like take over and offer to the utility, like we will build out or manage like real time data feeds to our customer base. Um, like it's like you guys are getting all the data, but like, what about the real time component? A lot of them are smart mirrors. So like, why can't we just get the data in real time? Like, yeah. And actually Colleen, I'm interested to hear if you, if you have thoughts on, on why, um, the why, before I get into some of my thoughts of what we're trying to do, like why, why the, we can't do real time. Yeah. I mean, I, candidly don't specifically know but my assumption would be that it's like more capability than not willingness yeah which which might be yeah um i don't know why they'd be like oh you get two hour delay yeah like but we don't want you can't have real time like i think it's just like i think it's just like probably not a priority exactly like i can't figure it out it's like so that that's the assumption yeah in the conversations we've had with with utilities um that that's been i asked the question because maybe there's there is something we we don't yeah i wish i had some juicy gossip i could no 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 i think and look conad's like a great they've actually um like i think they they want the customer to access whatever services and drs they want um you know i think i think that's just it's as simple as it just doesn't rise to uh you know importance um when you think about the utility business and what executives are focused on, like the data sharing is just not the thing. I do think the path is, um, if you look at like what's happened in the fintech space, Plaid very much worked with like new fintech companies accessing data from the incumbents. They built up a lot of leverage, basically saying like, hey, we got millions of customers. Like, can we, can you help enable this? And there, and there is, there are benefits to the utility that is data fidelity, what's going on, what's getting installed where like there, there's actually, I think, and I think that argument is what we're trying to put in front of utilities ourselves is like, look, this, this already exists. Um, and I think it's partially talking to the regulator, but like, the the, the telemetry exists, the data exists. Uh, if we unlock it, it's a better customer experience. And I think we as third party can help you do this simpler and easier than a, you know, like there was something that came out, I think actually, uh, Michael tweeted this emission data that like it would take SCE eight years to create a specific time of use rate for like a single customer class. Uh, like, and I get it. Like bi- the bill, like billing systems are like the third rail. I think of utilities. Those are like very difficult mm-hmm. to touch, but like these new, um, like smart meters, et cetera. Like, um, I think, I think utilities, I think it's going to happen quickly, James. Like I think utility, the, the surge of DERs and the necessity yeah. of this data yeah. is just going to demand it. Which um, means like five years on like fast in our space is like within five years. Yeah. I mean, it's interesting, right? Because like AMI rollout in New York, like just finished. 
Yeah, it's right? like, just like so. Yeah. I think it's, it'll be like a question of like, also, okay, now that it's rolled started. out, can you get it faster? Right? Because obviously, like optimizing the time when you're still like really focused on getting it rolled out to begin with. But it is it is interesting. Like, well, I, Kieran, I was gonna ask like, right? Because like a lot of, I mean, I know from like working at a utility and others in utilities, like data access isn't just a problem outside of utilities, right? Like people in utilities would also like the data. <laughs> the well, utility. I was going to say, could you build a platform and sell <laughs> right. it back and to utilities? Cause I was like, are like our utilities also like a customer despite also being the provider of the data. Yeah, I think so. Look at, right now, our business is very reliant on what the utility publishes. Um, and I think the like we have this amazing regulatory team. Like I, I, I give them credit. I fully believe we actually have utility uh, community solar in, in the states we do in some of the newer states because of our team. Like I, I believe in them so so much. They've done an amazing job. Um, but I think what's been missing in this argument is like, what can you do with the data? Why is it useful to utility customer? And then obviously as a secondary to the regulator. So like James, like I'm not sure a lot of people like even understand your business model, like at least the regulatory staff to say like, oh, he needs real time data because yeah. here's what he can unlock with it. Um, and I think for the utility, going back to that point, there there will, I mean, going back to the interconnection question, like there's just, there's that, to, like giving them uh, visibility into what customers are doing <laughs> in a yeah. simpler, easier way. Uh, I think I think that is meaningful. So look, we we are we're actually talking to a lot of utilities right now about, um, and just to give you a bit of like our roadmap, like right now, there's uh, what the utility publishes, how to make that better, which is what we're talking about. Then there's like the the world of third parties like Span, Sense, Schneider, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, BMS systems, where they're getting even higher fidelity data that we should be pulling in. Yeah, I was curious about that, right? I think there's a pretty clear future where everybody's main breaker is a meter, right? Um, and it's maybe not the source of truth for billing, but there's all this data, all of our IoT, our smart panels, et cetera, are going to throw off. Does that find its way into Arc as well? Yeah, perhaps? I mean, I think it has to. Like, we have some customers today that are using our uh, plug tool for MNV. Uh, which is measurement and verification, um, which is like very useful for like capacity and, and DR. And I, you know, I would have to think in the world of wholesale market participation, like the biggest problem. Uh, I'm not going to make that joke again. I see you guys smiling. Uh, but in FERC two 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 world, uh, <laughs> there is. I love it. Never there is a, there. You know, like M measurement and verification is going to be like maybe the most important. Uh, uh, you know, um, problem to solve. And, and so that's when this data becomes even more valuable and useful, right. Uh, to get real time, not two hour delays. Yeah. All right. I got one more and then I'll, I'll stop nerding out on this because you're, you're a busy guy. I never get two hours with you or whatever. So, um, <laughs> uh, what, uh, um, what about EDI? Because like, I think another interesting problem here is like, 
So even just, again, looking at our own business, I don't actually want you to do this because you'll just make it easier for our competitors to start, but it's probably a good idea. It's like whenever entrepreneurs are like, hey, I want to get into climate, like I'm looking for an idea. I'm like, just do a modern EDI platform. Yeah. Like that's it. Like that's what we want. I'll buy it. Just do it. Because like right now, so we, we build an API with you guys for like the, you know, actually sending the bill but then we have to do like our own stripe and like payment processing side of it we have to like tie that piece of it in and then like wedge that in with like remittance remittance there's all this like complicated stuff we have to figure out and like timing between like our payment processor and like you guys and then we do the share my data so that's like the real-time stuff we also want the real-time data and then this whole other piece the traditional supplier billing model is having an edi and billing provider so edi like they're communicating with the utility saying this meter is now David Energy's. This meter has dropped from David Energy. Like the billing uh, period ends this date. You know, enrollment date is this date. It's like all that just like very basic inputs to and from us to the utility is the, the EDI provider. But then they also use that data to actually issue our supply bill. Like if we are doing dual billing and like total up all the charges. So then like we need APIs with them. And we so like this whole thing is like, tied together with like four different providers when I could just see it being like the one like billing in a box, like supplier consolidated billing in a box. You know what I mean? There aren't a lot of companies out there who actually have like the engineers on their team to build, like tie all those things together. You know what I mean? So like, could you guys, like is EDI on the roadmap? Like I know we've talked about it, but I wonder if your your thoughts have changed as far as like, going deeper into the like selling to retailer market or or whatever it may be. Yeah. And so what you're describing, there are so many interesting software opportunities around DER world. Like we talked about interconnection. What you're describing is absolutely true. Um, I mean, the reality is like, there's not a ton of new retailers, James, like you guys are unique. I mean, there's, there's only a few, like, I think the market's been so dominated by like former Enron trader, you know, like <laughs> former. So it like, keeps consolidating. Yeah. yeah, it keeps consolidating. Like, um, but I would agree with you. Like it is, it is, uh, in fact, it's like, it, it, it almost feels like, um, like it already exists, right? The EDI structure exists at the utility. It just needs to be better sort of serviced for you, uh, like as a retailer. Um, uh, you know, we, we, do have like on the roadmap, like the ability to, to use EDI. The problem is, um, you know, EDI is also limiting in terms of the, the type of data you can get. So like for different use cases. Um, uh, so anyway, th it's really complex and this is probably way too in the weeds for <laughs> a lot of folks, but like we, um, it, I think it's one component of data sharing and frankly, it's something that already exists a lot of utilities, but uh, I'm also surprised like nobody's taken, taken that on. Um, I know. Yeah. That's, but so like not on, you'd like see the value, but you're like, I got my hands full, man. Yeah. I mean, I think the, uh, I mean, the more direct answer is like the, I, I would want to see a lot more retail competition to make it like a very meaningful, uh, yeah. build for us. Yeah. Cause otherwise you're like walking into like the big retailers and like convincing them to change to like a, a different way of billing people, I guess. Yeah. And like, I, I actually, I mean, 
I do think with more and more DERs, like I think what you're doing, James, is like is also like it's it's so obvious that like the retail contract should be wrapped wrapped with a DER. And I presume you're gonna see a lot of folks come after that opportunity because it, it just feels so obvious. Uh, yeah. but right now I, I haven't seen it yet. Hey, that's a that's a great transition. I wanna move from from bits and bytes to to steel in the ground. Um, something I'm wondering about Arcadia, which I've been searching for someone to do this for a while, is this idea of like a DER project marketplace, right? And you have folks who've tried to spin this up where, you know, customer goes on the website, uploads their data, types some stuff out about their facility and what their goals are. And then on the other side, all the DER providers, you know, sort of make their offering bid on it, whatever. And the problem with all these things is the customer has to go on the platform, right? It's a customer will only ever use the tool once, which is a pretty bad software business, right? Like you want people who are going to use it all the time. Um, Or you want them to not have to engage with it at all. Um, Someone who has a ton of existing relationships with customers, has all their data, can do a lot of this evaluation up front, and then essentially run a a little mini RFP almost. Uh, for DER services, bring in, you know, whether it's a microgrid provider or just a, you know, slap a timer on your water heater, whatever it is. Like, is that a path to actually getting stuff installed in a like more scalable, lower friction, lower cost of customer acquisition way? Yeah. So I, um, I think this is a business someone should build on our platform. Um, and, and the, yeah. So would you like sell them the data? You wouldn't build it yourself. No, I mean, this is, look, the, the, look, um, a little bit of our strategy, like community solar, uh, we believe in, and, and we will continue to be sort of the branded direct to consumer piece, because I fundamentally believe that, um, community solar, not only is it the best infrastructure project infra infra asset in America period for a whole bunch of reasons we can get into. Um, I do believe it'll be bigger than rooftop solar. Because it just makes more sense uh, for utility, for the distribution grid, for customers, and the way we uh, manage these projects. And I'll bring it back to Duncan what you're saying. But the way we manage these projects is we don't we don't own the asset, we don't take risk, but we we can effectively sell cheaper than the utility power for 20, 25 years, right? That no like James, you can't say that. Vistra can't say it. You know, like very few people can say that that in 2035, I can sell 10% cheaper than the local utility power, like guaranteed. And that's just the way these things are structured. Um, and, and as a platform, I want to be able to give those solar shares over time. Right now, we're about 750 megawatts, I think will be gigawatts uh, over time, but be able to give those shares to EV companies, to David Energy, to like a bunch of different folks on the platform. But anyway, coming back to Duncan, your question, like, So this goes back to what I was saying about the bill being maybe the entry point where, uh, and I I 100% agree with you, like not only is it a bad software business, but the customer is not going to like keep coming back and running through their own RFP process. Um, But if I had like a single uh, manager and maybe it's David Energy, right, owning the bill, um, they can understand my home and say, and understand what I want and be that manager to say, okay, here's an induction stove. I'll, I'll, I'll finance it for you and put a little battery on the induction stove so I can monetize it. <laughs> here's a, here's a battery, here's an EV charger. 
um, and they can sort of, you know, be the, now, I don't think, I'm just using you as an example, James, you don't have to be the installer, right? But you're the one sort of right. managing it and installing, um, sort of managing it and monetizing it over time. So in the customers, like, you know, six seconds a month where they interact with their electricity, which is paying their bill, they'd get the sort of notification, hey, we've actually pre-qualified you. You're a great fit for a residential storage system. Here's what it would do for you. We can connect you with like the 10 people who can do it for you. Yeah. So uh, for those of you that are listening like this far along, you can build this business on our platform, right? And it would be create a brand, use the tools, go direct to consumer and say, I'm going to manage your home energy, cool branding, you know, cool go to market and start pulling in data on like how you, how the customer lives. And then, uh, yeah, strike relationships with all these local, you know, local contractors, heat pump contractors, et cetera, et cetera. And then just own that process. And look, there's a couple of companies like attempting to do this, um, it's a company called Elephant Energy just launched in Colorado. Yeah. There's Sealed, obviously. It's been around for a while doing heat pump installs in the Northeast. Um, I'm, I'm going to start the uh, induction stove marketplace called yeah, Al Dente. Al Dente. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, but I think, I think Duncan was getting at an even another idea, which is like, of the say, even those Fortune 500 companies, like you have all the data. Would you ever go to them and be like, I'm going to take this data, maybe even like anonymous, you know, they don't know it's you, but they know like the facility. I don't know, like just, or I guess they may have to, but just put that out into like a marketplace of vendors. Yeah. Who then, who then like, because you already have the data, they don't have to like go to them and ask for the bill. Like, like you guys almost from owning the bill could become like the consultant in a way, like for yeah. all these business. I think that's, that's kind of what you're asking. That's what right? I was like, thinking about more about like how you acquire customers as a DER provider. It's this like super high friction process because you have to ask for the data and blah, blah, blah. Um, whereas if someone who has it all was able to, you know, go to me and 10 of my competitors and say, I have a fortune 500 company in Philadelphia here's their load profile, here's what you should do, like give us your best shot at it. That's That would be pretty cool. But maybe that's a company on the Arc platform. Maybe that's No, 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 I'm smiling because uh, 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 <laughs> it's a great idea, Duncan. <laughs> you're, like, you're like, I'm texting my uh, executive team right now, actually. <laughs> um, you know, we, um, like, I think this is like what's most exciting about Urgenet is it was it's such an incredible asset and and you guys know this because you've you you're in the der world like that data is like the entry point to like what can you actually do for this customer where you know depending on where they are like what rates are they on what like it is such a valuable data set all right are we gonna move do you guys have anything else are we gonna move into the uh I think we got to some fun stuff. I think we yeah. got to get back to some fun stuff and, and start to close it out. So, well, I don't know. I think, well, it's even interesting just to, just to like, um, you know, we did, we actually dropped some big news earlier, not just your news, but Colleen is at scale now, totally, which is dope. Woo. Woo. We recorded a climate tech episode. Like, I think it was like our fifth episode or something. Like, a a long, no, what? even longer. Like we had just raised our pre-seed scale had just raised like their big, you know, 300 million or whatever. 
more than you guys, you know, steel on the ground, uh, <laughs> man. Uh, <laughs> and uh, different money. It's not a company. Yeah, different <laughs> money. Colleen, Colleen was at uh, Con Ed. Um, and yeah, it's funny just to see how things have like evolved. Like we were just starting to get to know each other. Like we just raised our series A. Colleen's crushing it at scale now. Um, like yeah, what are you, I mean, whole, whole two weeks in, whole two weeks in, <laughs> I already know you've changed the place top to bottom. Um, but, uh, wh- like what, what do you think about like this? I don't know, like state of climate tech, I guess. Like I should have said, I should have said this from, from the get go. I think this is awesome. Like this community <laughs> of dirt pilled people, because like it didn't, it just doesn't, ex- it didn't exist. Like, and I am, you know, I may not be a uh, content creator, but like I'm consuming on Twitter. Like you guys are putting out amazing content, especially between, <laughs> between I'm like, sometimes I'm like, James, do you work? Like what's going on? <laughs> but <laughs> hey, like, Duncan I love tweets it. more than me. I love, but, uh, I yeah. love, like, I love. But Duncan's uh, got all those followers, you know, so you can, <laughs> can justify it. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't have any followers. <laughs> Big responsibility, Duncan. Use it wisely. Um, it. Uh, I just think. I think it's so awesome. Like it just didn't. Um, like it was so hard to find. Find these people. You guys are. You know what you guys are doing is awesome. Uh, the meetups, everything. So. I appreciate it, man. So you're saying like we're making climate tech dope? Is that? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Dr. Task Force made all the investments in the past two years happen. That's what Karen just told us. Uh, That's so what I you're heard. You're welcome. If That's you're listening and you raise money, you're welcome. Yeah, you're welcome. <laughs> it helps. Uh, the, I mean, in terms of like investors, it's, it's amazing how, uh, like, I think you guys, we've all sort of see how big this market can and should be. Um, I think folks are coming around to it. I still think there's a little bit uh, too much aversion to maybe hardware, um, like new hardware innovations. And that's like, totally. everybody wants a simple software play. I mean, frankly, that's, you know, that's Arcadia. Uh, but just a simple business, just a yeah. simple business. Right. <laughs> but, but, um, it is, uh, I think the, the, the level of, like assets under management with mandates around decarbonization is incredible. Like it's bonkers. Uh, and it's, I hope there's more early stage money because it still feels like there's all these like really late stage big check writers. Um, yeah. So that's like the one thing I don't see as much of is like where the we need more are. Adam Rothenbergs. Totally. Yeah. We need more OGs like him who uh, I know unsung hero at box group. What about your like vision for for the energy system broadly? I like I know we we joke about being derp and stuff, but like, do you see lots of HVDC? Do you see lots of clearly you see lots of community solar? Is it lots of DERS nuclear? Like, what's your dream grid? Oh, dream grid. Um, dream grid. So so here's here's um, if you could give a utility the ability to be like competitive like if you could um uh like if if the if the utilities sort of saw themselves as if they were also derpilled and saw the value of like hey already on the network i'm gonna like be installing der's all over the place just that added competition i mean it would be from like you know all these big incumbents i think would actually just be like accelerating 
um, a lot of what we're describing. I know this goes a little bit against, um, uh, you know, uh, creating sort of fully competitive markets. But to me, like uh, just that ability for anyone to interconnect anywhere, anytime, whatever they wanted, um, that would be a huge unlock. So like, yeah, like I'm not going to answer like, if we can get SMRs, if we can get like, great, like interconnect it fast, <laughs> like let someone yeah, just pull it yeah. in. And I think that, but then the hard job is what Colleen was saying is like, someone needs to manage it, manage the process, do the engineering. And like, that's great. That's what taxpayers should pay for. But like, let people just like, let Duncan just like throw up microgrids everywhere. All like, you know, I guess both of you now, Duncan and Colleen, but like that, that to me would be like the big unlock is like sort of just permitting and access yeah what do you think of have you uh come across solar app this yeah. like new nrel thing is that kind of like in line with your view yeah it's just it's it totally is uh the fact that the government has to create an app to make government like you know monopoly regulated processes faster like there's just something <laughs> <laughs> you know, like we have a permitting and speed problem and we, we, and it's great. It's like one way to move, move it. But I, I, I kind of want to shake like every regulator at NARUC and just be like, this is it. It's data. It's unlocking the trillion dollar like asset and all the data and all the meters and access to the grid. And like, those would be the unlocks. And then whatever the grid looks like, um, you know, people can make their own bilateral agreements uh, if they, you know, and I think we would just have like a much more vibrant system if if things were just yeah. open, if we had a freer grid, right? Like, this is my like freedom agenda. Dude, I'm fired <laughs> up. Well, so speaking of monopoly regulators, our next question, you're the energy czar of America, like all powerful, <laughs> do anything you want, but like you have a six month term. So that's like one thing. What, what do you do? I'm sure somewhere someone has engineered like the single like HVDC line <laughs> with just unlock, you know, Midwest uh, renewables for the country or something. So you just blast transmission everywhere. I think so. Right. I, I, think like, I like that. That and hyper like DERS. Yeah, that and You've just like, your... like 24 hour interconnection. Uh, approval. Ooh. Ooh. Ooh, that's 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 a spicy combo. That's nice. Yeah. that's a highlight. But see, see what the, the reaction you guys just have. Like, that's the thing. Is imagine how crazy this market would be if yeah. if that was the case, right? No, it just sounds in, like it sounds insane. But yeah. it's like, like, why does it have to? <laughs> you know, it's like <laughs> it's not that crazy. Like this is a crazy concept, but but like on your distribution grid. Um, would you rather live in a neighborhood that just had like super high resiliency, um, but wasn't using fossil? Like if you just had like, like, I feel like, like we, cho you choose home, like people choose homes based on like school districts and whatever. What if we just had like, you know, energy, um, just became this like amazingly like, uh, unique thing rather than sort of, you're just given what you're told. Like, I think it would just, it's hard to, to think about like how dynamic, like neighborhoods and cities could be people yeah. would like choose to live in certain places. Cause um, I don't know. I would like, you know, one of the things that I, I've been talking a lot about internally is just like abundance. Like 
energy, like energy efficiencies has always been always about like sacrifice. But what if we just had like unlimited energy and then nobody would argue, James wouldn't have to like argue with people about Bitcoin mining. Uh, (laughs) But we would probably like sequence all sorts of crazy genomes, create new drugs. We'd Mm -hmm. already be at Mars. If we just had like energy like tons of yeah. clean electrons and like right and you're saying like you just put, well because yeah you think about right and i feel like that thought process happens a lot when you're like if we figured out fusion and you're like let's just like build a shit ton of durs and like we yeah. don't we don't need to figure out fusion we'll just have a lot of energy well, i love that a, ver- a version of that that is maybe like actually pretty near term is we are going to have abundant energy with renewables at specific times when it's otherwise not going to get used. It's like a question I think about all the time, which is stuff's going to emerge to use that stuff, right? Mm -hmm. And everybody in our world instantly goes to like another energy use, like, oh, we'll make hydrogen, we'll make aviation fuels, and maybe we will. But what other weird industrial or like other uses are going to emerge because for seven hours a day, energy is free in California? My brisket's going to cook. (laughs) <laughs> yes, get yes, those sir. induction stoves stove yeah, be like yeah. it's gonna be hot today i'm just gonna sunny i'm just gonna put my brisket in yeah <laughs> free <I>, briskets <laughs> exactly i do like i do like yeah you check out your schools in the neighborhood like you know good little town and then also there's like 10 community microgrids and yeah it's like it's like um hours. oh there's free ev charging here or like um, they've got a bunch of scooters that are always charged or uh, I'm just like, you know, like it's yeah. hard to imagine today. But like if if resilient energy or like, oh, there wasn't a wind farm here, but there's solar or they're piping it in from somewhere. Um, imagine that's all on Zillow, like yeah. just like like <laughs> energy amenities. Just yeah, like, but like boom, I mean, boom, boom, I think, boom, I think that like tr- you do that with transportation, right? Like you move right. somewhere in New York. It's like what subways is it near? How far? Of a yeah, totally. Is it? Like. Yeah, is there a city bike nearby? It'll absolutely like, I feel be like it. that happens. My last yeah. apartment I purposefully picked to be on the same circuit as a hospital because they're the last guys to lose power. That's smart. And so That's... so this is like, this is if I were a utility executive, right? Um, and I could imagine that future. I think it's a goldmine for the utility because uh, going back to what Colleen said, like there's still a management and a public good to provide um that is like backup um and and managing the grid and managing transmission um and i just feel like if that were the case and there were like millions of different nodes and applications like i would have just so as a utility ceo like so much more to manage and and build against anyway so like there there's obviously like I mean, this is in, in the most simplest terms, it's like, you know, uh, I think a lot of people ask the question, like, why haven't utilities gotten behind like public EV charging um, as like a way to, you know, expand. And like, I'm just thinking about that on like, you know, a thousand X level with like so many d- new yeah. different applications. I think utility, I think you, a yeah. lot of utilities are pretty, pretty behind EVs. More infrastructure. Like pretty excited about it. Yeah. Um, but it is insane because like I feel like what's happening there and then and then I think we need to move into our final segment. But um it's like people are just throwing up high like fast chargers and they're like aren't even realizing that they're supposed to come to utility but added load. <laughs> and they're putting up you know, it's like you only need like two fast chargers to be like a hundred unit apartment building equivalent in load. 
And people are just like, well, they just like put them here. It's fine. They're just like, they're small. Like they can't use that much power. Like people don't really understand the load they're adding. And I feel like it's going to cause chaos down the line. But I agree. I just, I think that chaos is okay. And I think it's like, wouldn't you rather have those fast chargers? And like, that's the business that the utility can take advantage of is managing that chaos. Like that's, that's a significant job for someone that should get paid a lot for. Well, right. I mean, utility. But I guess the, the chaos is when utilities aren't told about it. Um, yeah, of course. Right. Okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they should that's be told about it. Should be told about it. It's when they're just like not told about it. Um, what did you just put on my grid? Was yeah. That? Um. But no, I. Like, yeah, I think like. I mean, I think utilities are going after it. I think there's a lot of like interesting opportunities to like use hardware again. To your point of like people don't focus enough on hardware to say like we're going to put these chargers in and we're going to put something in so that like we won't pull more than X megawatts so that we don't have to have for the next three years while the service upgrade is happening. And if we mess up our software load management, then like our service burns up, but it doesn't impact the grid. Like, I think we need to be thinking more along those lines Mm -hmm. to not say you can install chargers today, but to say like, you won't have power for two years, but you can install it today. You just like can't pull more than X from the grid for those two years while we're upgrading the substation. This is like what Derms was supposed to do, I think. Yeah. Have you figured it out yet, Duncan? What's Not Derm- really. I stopped. Um, really so I think that. Is. I mean, I think that brings us. I I feel like that brings us into a good good spot. So, Kieran, we have our our your very first contestant. I don't know if contestant is the right word here. Participant in our final segment, dope or nope. <laughs> Duncan's been dreaming about this for like literally three years, so please don't let him down. Don't don't let him down. So basically, we're just gonna like read read out some things, and you're gonna tell us dope or nope. You can decide to provide context or not. Up to you. But you have um, to cho- you have to choose one or the other. But yeah, choose one or the other. Okay, and then we'll we'll just like rotate. So derms, because that's that's the first one. Derms, dope or nope. Uh, dope. Uh. <laughs> that's perfect. We can just leave it at that. <laughs> that's it. That's we'll all you have to say. That was enough. That's all you have to say. Um, Elon buying Twitter. Nope. Like here, here's my here's 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 why. Here, here's why. I have I have a couple of Elon Twitter thoughts. Uh, I think so. I I think Elon's the greatest capital allocator of our generation. Like, and. Like, I just want him focused on going to Mars and electrifying cars. Like, why are you wasting your time here? But, uh, like, so that that's my take on it. It's like, like, dude, I don't, I want you to do awesome yeah. things. Like, keep doing the awesome yeah. things. Um, by I'm the way, I, can I, can I, uh, distraction it is. cause I don't have a venue to say this other than to, to like James, uh, on the side, <laughs> the boring company could be an incredible like distribution and transmission line uh you know underground uh network and i think he's thinking about that but like if he's not i hope elon's listening like you should be able to underground wires uh using the boring that's actually the perfect like forget the cars thing uh, totally. How expensive? Like, why totally. do we have to bury the lines? Just dig holes and put them down there. You know? Well, I think he can. I think he can do both. Damn, that's 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 dope. So more of that and less 
less Twitter. <laughs> yeah, exactly. More than less Twitter. Uh, ESG. It's it's dope and it needs help, but um, <laughs> it needs help. But the the like, especially like we talk a lot about the E. The S and the G, I think, are amazing things for companies to like really focus on. Like, uh, we have so few uh, leadership teams that are diverse, uh, gender and race. Like, I think it's awesome uh, if if companies are held to account and and actually investment flows like truly like you guys all heard about like how. Um, you know, people are still investing in like Russian oil companies using ESG mandates. So it like doesn't quite make sense, right? So that needs to get fixed. <laughs> but like that, I think the S and the G beyond the the E stuff that we care about uh, is also like really important and and amazing that like institutional investors actually care. So you don't you don't think CCP when you hear ESG? Because <laughs> that's 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 what Teal said at the Bitcoin conference. Oh God, were you there? Did you hear that? You were there. Weren't oh you? my God, I was not there. I was not there. He was at a different Bitcoin conference. Yeah, <laughs> Colleen, this is your round. Go for oh, it. Oh yeah, D- DSOs. So like distribution know, like system distribution. operator. Yeah, yeah I think, European grid. I think that's what we're, we've been talking about, right? Like, is the DSO should be managing all the amazing things getting interconnected and all the crazy use cases of energy in the future. So like I, I see it. Um, I will say I'm not as schooled on like the European like uh, model. And, but uh, to me, it's like, that's where, that's where like you asked me about grid of the future. What I actually think it's like all sorts of crazy applications, abundant energy, anyone interconnect and the DSO like take, takes care of it and gets paid for it right so i'm gonna mark that in the dope dope. category that's a dope (laughs) that's a dope yeah you missed Uh, the vital part of this uh, exercise (laughs) the the core (laughs) the core part dope or nope um two more light water reactors so like big nukes big nukes big nukes the big guys not all the new yeah (laughs) we gotta nope we gotta nope we gotta nope nope. keep the big ones open Um, the rest the the new ones are nope that's Okay, so here's another one. SMRs? Yep, dope. 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 Okay, that's dope. good. We'll right, invite you back. Um, Final one. Direct air capture, right? That's what DAC means? Yeah. This, DAC to me means disadvantaged community, so I always <laughs> I always get very confused when I see DAC. <laughs> uh, dope. To be clear, direct air capture. Dope. Direct dope. air capture. Dope. dope. All right, that's our first edition of Dope or Nope. Love it. But um, there's, a, there's, a, there's, there's a kicker question. There is a kicker question. Dopest and nopest grid. What's the, what's the dopest grid? <laughs> dopest is still uh, ERCOT. Yes. Um, I'm sorry. It's true. Even DERS, man. Like we're like getting down there. And we're like, oh my god, DER City. Nopest. <laughs> no. It can no. be. It you can love, be uh, international too. Yeah. yeah so- you can just. I, I would go with, I don't know enough about it, but just from family tales, the Indian grid, because people are like stealing power and stuff from the grid. Um, that's got to get fixed. <laughs> I guess the DC fast chargers are too. Like Colleen said, they're just yeah. popping well, they're, up. <laughs> they're not stealing power. They're paying for it, but they are messing up all the models. Um, 
they aren't in Kieran's uh <laughs> they aren't in arc <laughs> yeah there was the whole the Enron uh power plant I remember from the book they built this like multi-billion dollar like one and a half gigawatt like mega plant in India and it's like never turned on wow it's the wildest story that's definitely nope that's yeah. a big that's a nope, nope. That's a yeah. nope. All right, so our Wait, final before uh, that one because we I, we missed this one at the top is very important. What it you you may have already given it, but it, which is fine. But what's your hottest energy take? I think it's James. I got a lot, man. Where do I start? Uh... It's not induction batteries. Yeah, I was <laughs> like, was did we hot. cover all of them? <laughs> like, <laughs> dude, you didn't. Well, you didn't say settle to the meter once this podcast. I was surprised. Oh. There you go. <laughs> Gotta settle. So I'm gonna. Meeting. I'll give you that one. I like James. Like I just want to say settle. Yeah, to the I, I'm yeah that's I right. Said it yet. Just yeah. need an excuse. <laughs> yeah, that's what I was looking for. Thank you. <laughs> All right, final final section. This is called big shouts, and the way this works is, you know, if you want to take this last minute of the podcast to, you know, shout out anybody you think is doing cool stuff, uh, whether it's you know people you work with, other companies, like anything. Um, but you specifically have to say big shouts to blank. Um, and you could do that a couple times if you want. It's fun when you just fire them off. Yeah. You could just, you could just, we can also, off. we'll also, we're also firing them off. Right? I'm going to start with big shouts to you, man. Cause you invest in all these companies. Us, you picked me up out of the gutter <laughs> somehow just raised a series a, you know, <laughs> thank you. So big shouts to Kieran. You did that on your own, James. Uh, um, uh, big shout to uh, Andy Frank at, at Sealed because I just I love the model and I think it goes oh, back yeah. to what we were saying and I just think there's there's going to be a hundred companies like it uh, and it's in a way it's building that new energy relationship. Nice, I love that. Totally agree. Yeah. yeah. Uh, big big shouts to Duncan and James for getting me my new job. <laughs> <laughs> Can we tell that story? Is that allowed? I mean, yeah, yeah. The story of just we were was, out drinking and it James was actually was like. <laughs> I I was I swear it felt like a revelation. I don't know how was, to describe how it felt. Funny. Yeah, I was like, I had had quite a few beers. We were at a bowling alley for my girlfriend's birthday, and I just like you guys were like talking across the table, and I was like. Duncan, why haven't you hired, like, it's just like seeing you guys talk. I was like, why haven't you hired Colleen yet? What is going on? She's perfect for the scale. But I haven't gotten paid my recruiter fee, so I'm still waiting on the check. <laughs> All right. I want to, I'm just going to propose uh, to wrap things up. I want, Colleen revealed to me recently that um, she uh, has always thought about politics. So after she crushes it at scale, I want a Kieran and Colleen ticket on the Abundant Energy for America platform. Nice. I love it. I and I love it. Please there do we it. Go. Abundant energy. As like uh <laughs> it's catchy. It's no. great. <laughs> only the four Pulls of us will really get it. Well. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, man, I think people will get it. You guys should go for it. There's a, cool. there's a, there's a woman at Andreessen Horowitz, uh, Catherine Boyle, who wrote this great essay. Oh, she's great. Uh, and she doesn't necessarily hit on energy, but like it, 
like every all of the ideas of like you know we need to make more things we need to focus on progress it's like energy is the thing healthcare like uh you know i'm on the board of app harvest we we grow tomatoes like electrified tomatoes like um like electricity we need so much more electricity you want so hot take i'll to end this with is like uh it's not about sacrifice it's about abundant energy interconnecting as fast as possible with as many people as possible thinking about how to electrify that's that's the game i love it i love it awesome Mike all right right there this was fun thanks for joining us thanks for having me thanks garen for your great takes on the industry we all look forward to seeing what's next at arcadia maybe even some of my startup urban energy solar canopy kilowatt hours soon on your community solar platform Make sure you're all subscribed to our newsletter at dertaskforce.com as Sophia Callis has been crushing DER content on a weekly basis there. Also, more big shout outs to Nicole Green, who is the busiest DERTIF organizer, fulfilling all those swag orders. And we also have Lena Desmond, who has been leading the way on the DERTIF policy work. Lastly, be sure to stop by one of our DERTIF monthly happy hours at the Urban Energy Office in Williamsburg, Brooklyn. Also, let us know if your city would like to host a DIRTIF happy hour as we can help coordinate the ever-growing member base meetups. Have a good one.